Hey everybody, just a quick reminder to submit your New Age to Jesus testimony to me at spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com to feature your testimony on this podcast. And uh, so many people have been helped all around the world through the people that have shared their testimony on this podcast already. I would love to have your testimony on here to to continue to plant seeds of truth for people that still need to hear the gospel, and perhaps people that were like you and me at one point that are still in these different types of spiritualities. And maybe you know somebody personally or you know somebody uh, on YouTube, maybe not personally, that has shared their testimony that you think would be a great fit for this podcast. Feel free to let them know about this podcast and that there's another opportunity to get their testimony out there to uh, new people that haven't yet heard it. Thank you so much, and I hope that you enjoy this interview. Everett Roth went from being deeply involved in New Age modalities and being a yoga instructor to understanding that Christ is the only way through his encounters with the supernatural and through encounters with deliverance and demons. We discuss his New Age to Jesus testimony, his understanding between deceptive near-death experiences and psychedelics, and more, all on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, he was a former yoga instructor and heavily involved in many things New Age, now by the grace of God, exposing all of the different modalities that he was involved with in the New Age and is very heavily involved as well with uh, spreading the truth about deliverance. Everett Roth, welcome to Spirit Answers Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for having me. I'm glad to be here. It is my pleasure. Um, Can't wait to get into a variety of different topics today. Um, you are so knowledgeable, as, as I just mentioned, about all things New Age, and we're going to get into that, especially as it relates to your testimony. And I'm also looking forward to getting into uh, just a little bit about near-death experiences and, and false NDEs and what your take is on that, You know, because we do cover near-death experiences on this podcast. Uh, but I think there's an interesting overlap there between uh, near-death experiences, false near-death experiences, and psychedelics as well as uh, getting a little bit into just marijuana and how that ties into the new age and, and deception uh, as a whole. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, of course, your your testimony uh, and uh, just what you're getting involved with there in the new age. But before we get to, to that, I always like to bring it back to your roots or the, the people on this podcast, what the roots were uh, from a spiritual standpoint. So what was your spiritual life like growing up? Yeah. So I grew up in a non-Christian household, pretty much atheistic, agnostic at best, um, upbringing and even community. So I remember maybe going to Catholic mass a couple of times with like some, uh, I don't know, some acquaintances we had, maybe our family. And then as like a kid and then like a Christmas carols a couple of times, never heard the gospel, never really was around necessarily a community of believers but my community was very much atheistic, science-based, um, and the least churched actually area of the country, supposedly, in San Francisco Bay Area. That's where I grew up. So life was pretty much a traditional secular upbringing, uh, sports, you know, uh, school, uh, friends, video games, whole nine yards, and really no mention of anything spiritual. So <clears throat> science was king. Science was you know, the whatever science knew is the truth. So if anything's beyond that, wasn't really didn't find out about that until I started doing my own research. And that really started happening in high school when I started to uh, question things. And you know, as many people do as they're growing up, they start to question things. But me specifically, I actually suffered a back injury playing football. So I fractured a vertebrae in my back multiple times, actually, and the doctor's didn't even realize it was a fracture. They thought it was muscular. I kept playing. And um, the next year fractured it super bad. And I'm like, I need to, I need to, I need to get an MRI, get an MRI. Boom. It's a fractured vertebrae. And literally I started smoking weed around this time, which I was the last of all my friends didn't want to, didn't find much interest in it. But randomly I was just like, Hey, I want to try it. You know, I'm down. So I did it instantly started loving it. And when I was actually smoking weed, I would feel this back injury with like exact detail. Like literally I knew it wasn't muscular. I knew it was on the L5 vertebrae, like a cut. And I would keep telling the doctors, no, I think it's broken. I think it's broken right here. I can feel it. 
And they're like, no, we didn't see anything in the x-ray. So only when they did the MRI, they could see it kind of on the back end, um, kind of where the spine goes like this and bam, it was right there. So I'm like, whoa, you know, there's something to weed to be able to give me that heightened sense of awareness. You know, maybe it's the cannabinoid system and its effect on the nervous system and my ability to feel a heightened sense of my nervous system to, to, to know that. So I'm like, man, this stuff isn't drugs. This is medicinal, man. This is medicinal. So I wanted to get into the cannabis industry. I was fascinated with it, not only physically, but spiritually. When I would smoke, I'd feel very spiritually in tune, spiritually connected. I started reading a lot of new age books without even, I didn't even know the term new age actually until after I was saved. So most times you don't actually know the term when you're in the new age. It's, it's just kind of like, as I say, and I channel a lot about light, spirituality, like awakening consciousness, higher vibration, increasing your frequency, uh, heavily involved in reincarnation, yoga, uh, Eastern religious thought pretty much with kind of a modern twist with science lingo. And that's what I was getting into. I was reading these books that my chiropractor gave me that were self-help, but then also have some kind of new age philosophy about finding yourself and awakening your consciousness and reaching a higher state of consciousness and meditation and different health modalities to help heal as well, not physically, but also mentally for people to heal from depression, anxiety, um, uh, fear, many different things. So I was fascinated with the whole subject of healing. That was my thing. I mean, I would smoke weed. I felt it was healing. It was healing to my soul. It was healing to my body clearly, actually showing me that this was an area of my body that was broken above what even the doctors were telling me. So this started to build my confidence in weed and I began to smoke it more and I began to research a lot of Buddhism, Eastern thinking, uh, transcendental meditation, different psychic abilities, supernatural phenomena. I'd see online these monks like lighting things on fire with their hands and their mind. And they say they would get these powers in meditation. They go off in the forest, learn from their master. And I'm like, you know, if this is real, number one, that'd be crazy. And number two, if it is, everybody needs to learn this. You know, how many people are actually dying of hypothermia out? You know, I'm watching these uh, discovery channels of people dying in the wilderness and stuff. Like if you could just light a fire with your mind, why aren't we taught that in school? You know, if I was doing telekinesis where I could literally, I'd put a glass bowl over a, there was a toothpick with a tin foil thing balancing on the toothpick and then a glass bowl. So there's no wind. And I would literally focus and it's supposedly all is energy. So you can metaphysically move it with your mind. And this thing would turn thought it was my own ability. I'm like, I want to get better at this. You know what I mean? So all this supernatural phenomenon was fascinating to me because I grew up with a materialistic kind of science-based worldview. Science can't explain that yet. Science can't explain a lot of supernatural things that happen. So clearly there's more to life than merely what the scientific method has proven in a tangible per se way. And that's what I began to explore with the pursuit of healing, seeing people healed, myself healed, I was just, I was just fascinated with it. When I smoked, I actually felt like I was getting like kind of divine guidance and psychic understanding for people. And I would actually give them words of, of kind of like almost prophetic words in the psychic sense while I was high and I would meditate while I was high and I was, I was much more spiritual. I felt like I could understand philosophy, this, you know, spiritual texts more deeply while I was high. So Life goes on. I heal from my back a good amount. Um, I end up going to college, studying business in Colorado at Boulder. And Boulder, for those who don't know, it's a town in Colorado. It is like the mecca of New Age. It is like the New Age hotspot. There's psychic studios on every corner. It's literally like a, they're like Starbucks. They're everywhere, you know, and, and yoga studios everywhere and these different occultic bookstores. And for me, when I first got there, I hadn't even stepped up foot on campus, but I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I'm going here. Like I was just walking down the town square and I just knew I want to be here. I want to live with these people who are seeking truth, people who are seeking truth, who are seeking healing and who are brave enough to explore outside of what science has proven. So that's how I viewed it. That's how I viewed this stuff. It was spiritual. It wasn't proven scientifically, but that doesn't make it false. You know what I mean? So I began to get into these things. I began to get very into these things. I started experimenting with psychedelics for more of a spiritual slash uh, therapeutic reason, not necessarily recreational every time. And I began to really have a disdain for the recreational usage of these 
plants that I viewed as plant medicine, mushrooms, um, DMT, which I actually smoked, uh, mushrooms, uh, yeah, mushrooms, LSD, 2CB, um, and then some other kind of Amazonian shamanic type remedies that I was really just trying to, to see, like, can these be used, you know, cause big pharma just taking the patents on all these drugs and banning these things for people's actual healing so they can keep them dependent and addicted, you know, all the corruption, all the greed and big pharma. I'm like, there's no way this is the answer long-term to depression, to all these different, you know, anxiety, really Xanax is the answer to take your whole life. Cause you have anxiety. No, there's a, there's a deeper root. There's a, there's a deeper th- uh, a reasoning. And when psychology can't fully explain it, that's when the spiritual comes into play. So I began to research to know how people can heal the fastest, how they can heal the fastest. And I felt like these psychedelic drugs were opening up people's mind to receive more healing from trauma, more negative emotions to be released, more actually divine guidance, because there's entities you communicate with on these experiences. And there's spirit guides that you get that will guide your spirit. And and I'm, I'm beginning to believe in reincarnation, past souls, past uh, lives, and, you know, soul, um, basically, you know, the soul cycle of and the soul's ascension. So over lifetimes, you're basically building your energy, you're increasing your vibration to ascend out of this reality that we live in, that pretty much every major religion knows something is flawed. The Buddhists are trying to escape it through enlightenment, through nirvana, breaking out of the cycle of reincarnation. The Hindus are doing the same thing, you know, through karma, through their different method, the occult doing the same thing. There's something wrong and breaking out of the cycle of reincarnation or of this fallen world. And then you can actually receive guidance from, from souls who have broken out. So that's where you get spirit guides. So like Buddha, he came back to earth, but there are others who've reached that manifestation of enlightenment and actually are in that plane of existence above this world, this realm that we exist in. And, and those spirit guides are said to guide your soul on that process. So I began to desire spirit guides. I began to want to contact them in these trips. I knew there were evil ones, you know, guiding a lot of, you know, systems and, and operations on the earth to dumb humanity down to bring upon this darkness on the earth. But there were good ones trying to guide people into a greater consciousness and awakening, a spiritual global awakening. And I wanted to be a part of that. I felt a part of it. I felt like I was on the frontier of human evolution, you know, that, that if we're evolving, because a certain amount of micro evolution is true amidst, amidst nature and macro evolution, us coming from an amoeba and multi- unicellular organisms and then becoming fish and then apes and then humans, not proven uh, in the fossil record or in the actual evidence that we have. It's not proven. It's the theory of evolution, but you know, you still adopt these beliefs because you grow up with it your whole life. So you still take it as base truth until proven wrong. So you're still kind of adopting it unconsciously. And so I believed I was on the frontier of human evolution, taking these truths from 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago, these ancient truths of the sages of Hinduism, the Buddhist monks who had reached this state of consciousness and and then the modern scientific discoveries, you know, all is energy, physical matter is even vibrating at a certain, you know, vibratory rate and, and e equals MC squared, all is energy. And then the metaphysical element of this and certain books on reincarnation where these kids would know supernatural information about these families, these people, these supposed past lives they had that then gets verified. How does that happen? Unless it's actually their soul. So I, I was believing in these things. And while I was in high school, though, I mean, uh, college, I ended up taking a semester off and actually traveling to China to study Qigong. I wanted to learn from a Qigong master there. Um, the guy ends up having a family emergency, cancels the programs out in the mountains of China, Yangshuo, China. It's literally like Kung Fu Panda with these massive mountains that just come jagged out of the, out of the ground. It's incredible. And I wanted to I wanted to seek these things and he canceled. Boom. I, st- I go to Thailand from China and I study in Muay Thai. I study in yoga on this like cliffside yoga retreat, meet all these people, get really deep into it. And then I realized there, I want to become a certified yoga instructor. Now yoga and Qigong and Tai Chi have differing aspects, but they're generally in the same area of kind of um, their spiritual philosophy and pursuits. Definitely a lot of dif- differences, but more similar than obviously Christianity and or Islam or 
different uh, religions of that sort. Um, so I was, I was traveling, seeking this. Uh, I become a certified yoga instructor, certified through Yoga Alliance, which is the national certifier, 200 plus hours of training officially, and then many more hours of my own training, helping my friends, reading books and such. So uh, that was that was where I was going. And the Lord really wasn't in the picture until around my third year of college, fourth year of college. And as I'm starting to realize demons are real, angels are real, or spirit guides are real, you know, how do we get the right spirit guides and how do we get out the bad spirits, you know, the evil spirits that are, that are tormenting people that are evil, that inhabit certain people and cause them to do such evil acts. And so I started researching this from every angle, the new age, the, the, every type of religion pretty much and what they believe about this phenomenon, you know, and, and perhaps some overlap with psychology, dissociative identity, bipolar, schizophrenia. Could some of those cases actually be a demonic influence, demonically inspired? Um, where's the line between that? How do you distinguish the line? Because if someone had a demon, I want to be able to cast that out. If I'm trying to help somebody, you know, if I'm trying to have my own kind of healing ministry per se, I want to be able to help people in whatever form that might be. So when you realize the demons are real, that they can inhabit people, the next step is what's the solution? So I, I actually find out about a guy on YouTube named Bob Larson. He's casting out demons on YouTube with a big crucifix, a big cross actually, and it's working. And I'm like, what the heck? Okay, this is pretty crazy. Are these people acting? Is this legit? Or this guy's got some supernatural powers, you know? And I was like, as I kept watching and seeing like people speak ancient languages that actually aren't spoken of anymore. Ancient Farsi going back, I forget how many generations, but literally ancient Persian language. The person doesn't even know they have to have some scholars come in and, and, and uh, translate what the demon said. And I'm like, what the heck? And all this information starts coming, coming around and all this fruit too of the ministry and people actually being set free. I'm, and I was just, I was just so drawn to that because I wanted to see people set free. I wanted to see real power, supernatural power for the use of good. So found out about him, read some of his books, I'm fascinated by it. And one day I'm actually sitting at lunch with a friend and I get a FaceTime call on my phone and I look at it. I'm like, who is this guy? He's in my contacts. His, his name's Luke. I'm like, but who is he? I couldn't really remember him. So I put my phone down and then I get home and I text him. And I realized that this is actually the guy three years prior stopped me on campus. He's like, Hey man, you believe in God? And I'm like, you know, I love spiritual conversations, these deeper matters, you know? And, uh, I said, maybe, you know, I believe in a higher power, not necessarily God per se, but you know, a higher being supposedly, or a higher force to, spoke to him probably about a minute, gave him my number. Just want, didn't want to make him feel bad. Didn't literally didn't talk to him at all since not one exchange of text. And so he's here FaceTiming me and I text him. I'm like, dude, why'd you FaceTime me? And he's like, bro, I didn't FaceTime you. Like number one, I, I don't FaceTime people. And number two, you're literally three years, two and a half years back in my text. I don't even know who you are. So I'm like, okay, man. Like either this guy is some, you know, religious fanatic trying to create this whole story that he, he didn't FaceTime and it's God FaceTiming. He's trying to get his conversions um, you know, I thought it was potentially that, or maybe a voice in my head was like, maybe this is the universe guiding me to study Christianity, to study the belief system of Christianity, to help the souls who are in that deception, get out and get back on their journey of ascension to re reach enlightenment. So I'm like, I've studied every other ancient religion, pretty much most of them, but I haven't given any credence to the Bible or Christianity, but here we are. My spirit guides, whatever they are, the universe is guiding me to study this. And I'm going to look this guy in the eye and say, did you click FaceTime? You know, did you click that? You know what I mean? I was curious to see if he actually clicked FaceTime and was had this whole kind of scheme. So I met with him and man, this guy was an incredible, just pure soul. So genuine, so honest. And he's like, dude, I did not FaceTime you. I am deadly serious. A hundred percent. I did not FaceTime you. And I'm like, man, definitely the universe guiding me then, you know, and end up doing Bible study with him for three months. And he's just going over the basics of the basics of Christianity, the basics of the Bible, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and, and all who believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, he is the way, the truth and the life. And I just was amazed that he thought that 
people who didn't have faith in Christ were going to hell. You know, even me here, who's researching, exposing all this evil, you know, spending hours trying to find out about this stuff, trying to do the most to heal people, help people going to hell because I don't believe in Jesus, you know? So I, I felt bad for the guy and he ended up telling me he used to take psychedelics, go to raves. And I'm like, you know, maybe he had a bad trip and maybe he's kind of settling here in Christianity for kind of an emotional comfort, but I want to bring him out so we can get back on his soul's journey of ascension. He's praying for me. He's trying to convert me. I'm like, eh, uh, not really feeling it, man. And I was kind of felt like a little bit pushy. So like, I'm going to study the Bible on my own. So I go, I don't really study the Bible at all on my own, but I start seeing a lot more demonic stuff. And mind you, at this time I had taken DMT where within five seconds after smoking this, you blast off into a whole nother dimension, a whole nother dimension. Joe Rogan popularized it on his podcast. Uh, people go down to the, uh, the Amazon to take ayahuasca, which is a, a drink, a brew version of DMT. I smoked it, which was called Changa. And uh, it's more potent, more powerful, not as long lasting. And literally I go into this other world and these entities are saying, he's back, he's back. And it's like my soul is getting harvested through these tubes. And there's this like clock and it's a very high tech world. And then you're back. And you're like, what the heck? It's almost like you forgot about your life on earth, but you could feel your soul and your personality still. Um, it was crazy, but also took 10 tabs of acid, a lot of other microdosing, shrooms, microdosing. I'm reading these things about LSD increasing the brain hemisphere um, synchronicity and, and uniformity of the brain. More neurons are going off and it's actually used as a, as a microdosing supplement. Not necessarily something bad or to be recreational, but to be beneficial to one's life. So I was taking these things. And, but as I was doing these kind of rituals, even with DMT, there was entities that would be seen in people's experiences and even come in the room and people would sense them. People would experience them. And, and I was like, you know, how do I help people with this? I was getting dreams that specific people had specific demons. I would track the demon and they would end up telling me these, these confessing these inner thoughts to me that I was actually receiving that they were experiencing wow. very, very, you know, tough, horrible thoughts that you don't really tell anybody. And you don't even, it's like, that's not me type thing, you know? And I was sensing that and I'm like, whoa, I'm getting this psychic ability. And there's one of these times, somebody who's starting to say things that are pretty suicidal and whose life is kind of going downhill. I had had these dreams and I was like, I'm going for it. There is a demon and I'm going to cast this thing out. And full manifestation occurs, just like in the Bob Larson videos. And literally the, the demon's like, ah, and then the person's like, oh, oh, what's going on? What's going on, Ev? What's going on? And boom, phasing in and out. Wow. Whoa, this is just like in the videos. This is a literal demon. And I spent two hours literally trying to get this thing out. It was not going. I thought all my meditation, my light, my harnessing, my energy, my higher consciousness, what, whatever it is, was going to get it out and it wasn't working. And I was telling him where it got in, what you need to, to, to stop doing because there were certain open doors that I just you know knew, certain sins that wasn't necessarily needing to be a Christian, you know, is pretty dark, pretty negative energy, which they attach to negative energy. You know, it's kind of the phraseology, they're lower vibrational negative energy beings that that bring about that in this world. So your light can actually repel them and such. So there's a lot of philosophies around the nature of demons, the nature of the spiritual realm that isn't biblical that I was under. Um, after this experience, I, I was really actually in a lot of guilt and shame and, and confusion because, you know, going that deep into someone's psyche, that kind of that situation and not being a, you know, a pro at it, not being well-versed at it, kind of being a novice at it and just going in there. That's very, that can be very damaging to somebody's psyche, to their soul. And I was, I felt very bad. I didn't know fully what I was doing. And I'm like, could this have been an inner child? Could have this have been a, you know, a stored trauma as a, as a child or a, you know, alter personality, a dissociative identity disorder or a schizophrenia, or was this actually a demon from another dimension, another realm speaking to me in my eyes like I was speaking to another being you know what I mean and that just fascinated me and I needed to know if that was real so I reach out to all these people these new age entity removal specialists um, everybody I knew who might have some information on this subject 
And then I Google Bob Larson and I happen to find out he's going to be in my town in a month. So I call his office. I talk to his assistant and I actually get the last appointment he has in his trip to Denver, Colorado. And he, I think nine to five every day for five days that week, a lot of appointments, you know, there, and I got the last one. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty crazy. He's going to be here in a month and I get the last appointment. I go with my two friends. We go to this seminar and at this seminar, we witnessed the most incredible deliverance ever. Like four or five, six people manifested crying, uh, screaming at him. He goes around praying and he looks into people's eyes and just bam, demons start manifesting. And we're like, whoa. And when the demons are manifesting, like this is crazy. Like this is legit. Like there is, this is, this is totally legit. You know, and the people there are just so loving, so much compassion for each other. And he ends up bringing one lady up front. And I remember when this demon manifested up front, he brought it forth to, to cast it out, how it got in, what it's been doing, interrogating it. You know, Jesus Christ interrogated demons, ask, what is your name? They said Legion. And um, uh, that's what he was doing. And this demon says its name and it's the exact same name of the spirit, the demon that I believe the person who manifested a month prior had. My friend looked at me and was like, you got to be kidding me, man. What are these coincidences? And this spirit is an astrology goddess that's worshipped in astrology. It takes another form in Hinduism uh, that is also worshipped in, in many kundalini yoga, bhakti yoga. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a common spirit. It's the Lilith spirit. And, and Hinduism is the Kali spirit. It's a very man-hating spirit, but it's an actually an astrology sign. So you can have your Lilith sign in astrology. And people do little rituals, their crystals for this spirit to guide them. And that's what I believe this person had. And then boom, manifests up there. And I'm just like, what are these coincidences? You know, well, what is what is happening here? This is this is crazy. I couldn't understand it. And I end up going up front uh, after to kind of receive some more information about it. And, and one of the guys, one of Bob's ministers is like, man, you don't have any power over these demons unless you have the authority of Christ. And you don't have the authority of Christ until you confess him as Lord and Savior and receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, you know, this whole concept that Jesus is God, I just don't buy into that. You know, how could he live some perfect life? I think he reached maybe perfection through enlightenment, through Christ consciousness that we're all meant to reach. And the whole idea of worshiping some man is complete deception to dumb people down to reduce people's consciousness. So that's what I thought it was very dogmatic religious beliefs that likely stemmed from when certain books of the Bible were taken out in the Council of Nisai, certain Gnostic teachings that taught about self-actualization, enlightenment, uh, different things to break out of this evil world that we live in, this soul matrix and such. So the whole idea of worshiping a man was just, did not believe it. And they were praying for me. Meanwhile, right next to me, this guy's fully manifesting, a, a guy who manifested prior but didn't get brought up by Bob his Bob's ministers were casting out many demons after until like 11, 1130 at night. And me and my friends were just flabbergasted. We were just amazed. Um, there was definitely a love in the room, a deep love uh, that, you know, even a lot of new agers and people in general seek amongst these gatherings and these kind of retreats where people are kind of bonded in that for that, that healing of each other and, and such. And there was just that at this seminar. And, but we thought it was a little bit cultish, the whole Christian belief still. But the next day is my appointment with Bob Larson. I end up meeting with him one-on-one. -on -one. He thinks he's just going to cast some demons out of a Christian. You know, that's kind of normally what he does. And here I am, this like Buddhist, new age, young guy, uh, kind of challenging him and trying to understand how he does what he does. And he's like, dude, you know, you have no authority over these things. Like, you know, who do you believe Jesus Christ is? And I told him, I thought he's some enlightened man and such and start going through kind of what I believe. He's like, Jesus Christ is God. He is the son of God. He came to earth. He died on the cross that whoever believes in him has eternal life. And whoever doesn't has eternal condemnation. And he's just, you know, going through the scriptures, the basic thing that I was, you know, exposed to about six months to a year prior. And, uh, saying, man, you're going to hell. And I remember 
his like uh, daughter called on the phone and was like, Hey dad, when are you coming home? Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, eat. It's been super late. Cause he was like going way late with his appointments, spending a lot of time. There can be some pretty intense cases that you just don't want to stop at the, at the one hour mark. So the part the my appointment was even late. He's like, honey, I'm going to be home soon. I'm trying to save a Buddhist from going to hell. And I remember I'm just like, okay, I'm not really a Buddhist, you know, I'm more of a, because you blend everything when you're a new ager. And that's, I was kind of blending everything. But just the idea that I was like going to hell was just so foreign to me. But I remember as he was refuting all these things I believed in, because I was telling him everything I believed and, and starting to realize I don't really know fully what I believe, but he would refute them. He is literally an encyclopedia on alternative, alternative spirituality, alternative religions. So he was the guy to be able to refute all the things that I was into, knew about. Because if you didn't know about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't know about it. See, and the spiritual pride keeps you. It cloaks uh, and deceives you away from the truth. But he was just, bam, he knew it and he would refute it. 45 minutes back and forth debate. And I remember I just realized I looked out the window and I'm like, is this really what life is about? Is this really what the spiritual war is? Salvation of souls through faith, faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. And I'm like, right then and there, something clicked. And I remember I, I was thinking like, when I make this decision, my entire life is going to change my entire life. And I looked at Bob and I'm like, Bob, I'm ready. And he looked at me surprised. He thought he was going nowhere with me, literally. And he just leads me through a simple prayer. I repent of my sin. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And bam, I just started weeping. I just started wailing. I just started crying super loudly. And everybody came around, four of his ministers and him in this hotel room. And everyone was crying. And I was just, I just remember. I was weeping out of this extreme sense of sorrow that I, I was just feeling all of this deceit and greed and lust and, and envy in my heart that I just turned a blind eye to. And all the times that God was trying to lead me, I was just so rebellious. I felt the voice of the Holy Spirit throughout the timeline of my life, literally all like supernaturally at once. And I was just so sorry. But then this bam, instant forgiveness, instant forgiveness and love and instant like awe that he saved me you know you saved me lord i found the truth i finally found the truth that jesus christ is the truth and i was weeping and weeping and weeping and i got up and i thanked everybody i went to my car and i just started weeping on my dashboard just weeping hand on the steering wheel head on the steering wheel and amazed that god had saved me amazed that i'd finally found the truth and since then oh i, I could tell you alex just a lot of attacks uh, as I was studying the Bible, as I bought a Bible, as I was studying it for the first time, honestly, for myself, you know, what is the same story of Jesus four times in a row, you know, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, what is a Gentile, just these basic things. And, and I just was clinging to Jesus. And for a whole month after I was saved, I, I cried more than the previous 10 years of my life, just this sorrow, just this like repentance. And I felt his holiness I felt his like goodness and I just wanted to know the truth. I knew he had called me right there and I knew that I was enlisted into the army, that I was called to fight evil and I had finally found the truth of the matter and now it's time to go full bar. And I quit my job. I moved back home with my parents to save money before I went to uh, South America with a friend of mine on a pre-planned trip and I just studied the word every single day, hours and hours and hours a day. And I would go through massive demonic attacks, uh, migraine for a month from clenching my jaw and such. I would pray. I would fast against it. I knew it was spiritual. I knew it was demonic. I was doing curse breaking with some of Bob's ministers, four hours renouncing everything I was engaged in, curse breaking, so much healing and, and chains are broken off of that. And then scheduled a couple sessions with Bob, kind of dispersed months apart and, and received deliverance. Um, from a lot of spirits that were guiding my life, came in through weed, came in through these psychedelics. I literally, when I was getting delivered, felt the exact same feeling when I was on LSD. This like energy pulsing through my body. And I've got crazy experiences on LSD. I, I want to talk more about on, on my channel and some things like that because people seem to uh, be doing this but not fully knowing the ramifications. And that was me. But I began to grow in Christ. 
uh, began to grow and I knew he had called me full time. He was confirming things with me supernaturally. Like I was reaching out to all old Christians that I might've passed or known in my life. Oh, study abroad trip. I knew you for three weeks, but thank you. I just gave my life to Christ. I'm saved. You know, I'm saved. And they were like, wow, that's incredible. What can I pray for? So I started reaching out to everybody. And one of them was an acquaintance of my, my grandma. I used to talk to about political things and three years prior and she, she was religious and it was kind of a little weird to me. So I stopped talking to her. Bam. Right as I'm about to reach out to her in 10 minutes, I look at my phone and she's calling after three years and wow. I was saved. And she just starts weeping and saying she was praying for me every day that God had told her he had chosen me way, way long ago. And I just receive a vision from the Lord. Like he is the commander of the entire army of light, the entire army of good. Everybody on earth who's doing good receives their orders directly from him. And it was like he was enlisting me and I knew I was going full time to save souls, to cast out demons, to help set people free and to do exactly what he wants to be done on this earth. That the Bible is full truth as I'm studying science to a, to a very in deep depth degree, realizing the Genesis account is full truth. The supernatural miracles in the Bible is completely normal for a creator who created the natural laws of physics. Obviously, he could change it at any moment. You know, he those laws are subject to him who created the laws. Like it, all the deceptions, it was just so thick, started to just dissipate. And I end up doing an internship here at Hungry Gen Church in uh, Pasco, Washington. End up meeting a lot of great people here. Then end up working for Vlad Savchuk, the lead pastor here. And now I'm uh, helping run his ministry and full time trying to preach the gospel, make videos exposing this stuff and advance the kingdom. And God has just been so good. I'll tell you the amount of healing in my life that's come from just his grace. It's just it's felt so natural. It's felt so, you know, unearned. It's felt so just as I've abided in him, as I've sought him naturally these things I was seeking for in the new age, doing four hour meditation, doing rigorous diet, rigorous fasting. I wasn't getting yet just months with Christ, truly seeking him. Massive deliverance was taking place. My dreams went from migraines, clenching nightmarish to now prophetic words for people and, and, and dreams of his guidance in my life. And just incredible. God has been incredible to me and and my main goal now is to advance the kingdom of God and to save as many souls and and to do what he's called me to do whatever that might be to expose certain lies the evil in this world that is advancing in these end times the the system that Satan is trying to set up for the mass deception the mass great apostasy the great falling away how the new age is kind of twisting these things and certain even documentaries that are being released on TV, uh, certain figures and their doctrine and how it doesn't line up with the Bible. So people can be clear if your friends falling into it, you can spot it and you can guide them right out before they start buying into it more and more. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my main prayer. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing now, Alex. So. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for, for sharing your testimony and praise God that you found the truth after all that time. Uh, and, and I'm sure there were many times when you felt like there wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel. You didn't exactly know why you were continuing what, what was going to be at the end of that, of that journey. And I know that was, you know, Christ was with you the whole time and, and was working through you, but I just give you, you know, a ton of credit for, for not giving up because I think it, there were likely many, many times where you could have. And, um, uh, so yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. And just want to dive into just a few, a few questions here as it relates to your testimony and, uh, just a couple other follow-up questions. I want to, I want to go back to just your experience as it relates to psychedelics, uh, kind of like I, I mentioned there at the, at the top of the interview, uh, there is such an overlap. It seems like between psychedelic experiences and, and experiences that people have in these near death experiences. I, I remember one specific thing, uh, that you had mentioned or one specific experience that you had mentioned as it relates to, uh, someone on, uh, having a psychedelic trip, you said, uh, there was an experience where someone was shown, uh, spirit guides. And I believe it was over the planet earth 
and just like these mm. different souls re are incarnating out of like these little capsules coming down to earth on a psychedelic trip. And that is, that is so interesting because it, it overlaps so much with what we see, like I said, in these near death experiences, but also just in the different types of uh, scriptures that you might see in Eastern uh, mysticism, spirituality, uh, whether that's Hinduism, Buddhism, etc. So my question to you is, why do you think there is such an overlap there uh, between near death experiences and uh, new age and um, psychedelic trips? And do you personally give any credence to near death experiences? Yeah. So that trip you're referring to, I believe is when I accidentally took 10 tabs of LSD. It was on 420 at a rave. I just wanted to take like half a tab or one tenth of a tab, really just kind of like buzz. I was thinking, and my friend accidentally after he gives it to me, he's like, Whoa, the person I got it from says it's a deca tab. So wow. it's like 10 X and I had already taken way more than just 10% of one. So he's like, yeah, it could be like eight to 10 tabs. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, here we go. Like some people like never come back from this. You know what I mean? And I'd heard horror stories and I'd seen them, but is at a demonic dubstep concert too. And during this experience, I end up as it's coming upon me, I end up seeing this like force over the minds of all the people there. Like it was like a, a hypnosis force and it was a really dark evil, like entity, almost like leeching people's souls, their life out of them. And I was like, Whoa, is anybody seeing this? And, and then I remember like just so, I felt like I was in my own kind of like experience there and other people weren't seeing it. And, and, and the, the concert was going on and ended up going back home, getting into my dorm room, lying down and then bam, I'm getting shot over earth as I remember. And I'm literally overlooking earth. I don't know how it didn't feel like my body was there. It just felt like my awareness was there. Um, and I was overlooking earth and I just see these gold emblems like ranking up like ding, 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 ding. and these gold emblems were ranking up and I could see that there was a, a hierarchy of souls and that souls were ascending and then souls were descending in their ranking in their hierarchy and that these different rankings would you would basically unlock as you kept going further in the ascension journey. And I got this sense when I came back into my body, it was like all the energy was pulled out of me and I could like, I looked emaciated. I would look at myself, I was sleeping in my boxers and I just look at myself, I'm emaciated with my ribs and everything. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm feeling achy and then, vroom, and this like energy comes into me and I look like, I feel like I'm Her Hercules and I look like super just strong and like shredded and like energetic. And then boom, it all gets taken out and it kept going back and forth wow. and forth. And then I, I, I get taken to this like, trance of like my existence is a vibration and as i increase my vibration i'm increasing everything about my life here on earth but i need to meditate into that state to increase my vibration and when i went to bed the state that i was left in was the extremely painful like no life in me state and it was this meaning that came over me where it's like your soul is descending and i was like whoa and i was like you know Four hours later, I had this huge business presentation in class that I had to give public speaking. And I was like, barely got by. And but this meaning came over like, I need to start cutting out these things in my life, these addictions, these bondages, these dietary restrictions, and get serious about this so I can start ascending. And all of this occultic doctrine was downloaded into me. That's literally all occultic doctrine. And many people who have these, you know, near death experiences, like you said, they have similar experiences of the doctrine that they see you know some have more biblical worldview per se experiences that could have more credence others are full-blown uh occultic doctrine that is not found in the bible that is found in these occult religions and i believe that people who take these psychedelics receive the same doctrine because there are spirits behind these things like in first timothy paul talks about doctrines of demons that people will fall to and these doctrines of demons they're in satan's kingdom they're 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 uh in basically collaborating how to create these specific doctrines how to deceive people into believing them and how they can enter through different open doors like psychedelics 
and lead people astray. Because if you're firm in Christ, if you're firm in the truth and you take psychedelics, many times you get beyond tormented. There's not much deception that goes on because Satan knows he can't deceive you away from you know faith in Christ and the authority of the word of God. But you're going to be so scarred. You're going to be so tormented. You'll barely be effective for the kingdom of God with that trauma. You know what I mean? And that's many times I've heard Christians who have that solid of faith who take that, they open the door, that's their experience. But for me, I was so deceived. I was so on my own kind of path in the new age that that doctrine was merely reinforced. Then I began to preach it to others. I began to bring people in. I began to bring people into this is your path of healing and soul's spiritual ascension. So I was being used as a tool pretty much. And that was what reinforced it. So I'm not as aware of maybe some of the N NDEs that, that talk about a similar experience that I did, but I know for sure some are some solidify people's faith in the occult, just like mine did with psychedelics. And others, they get convicted, they realize God is real, they realize they almost went to hell, and they serve Christ for the rest of their life. So it's still a mystery to me on how Satan uses these things. And that's why, you know, we just got to be discerning with the spirit to know, according to the word of God, what is truth always, it's the authority of the word of God, you know, that is the foundation, Christ is the rock. And no matter what these experiences might say, the power that people get from these things, like, uh, like the things that I did, and the people I knew the psychics, nothing compares to the power of God. Nothing compares to the true authority of Jesus Christ to cast out demons that actually manifest in people. And as I began to seek the Lord, grow in Christ, began to pray for people, demons started manifesting. I started to track them, discerning of spirits, that gift. God continued to develop within me and nothing compares to it. You know, nothing compares to it. So that, that was my experience. And that's kind of my take on it, how you will get deceived to do Satan's bidding. And that's what happened to me. Even though I thought I was being convicted that I was descending, that got me deeper into this whole pursuit of a false reality and doctrine. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you know, just again, on, on this podcast, we've had the opportunity to interview a variety of people that have had the biblical near-death experiences, but it can certainly be confusing for people that are coming out of the new age background when they type in a near death experience, a near death experience on YouTube, and then there's there's a variety of near death experiences that line up with that occultic doctrine, mm -hmm. and mixed in right there with you know experiences that are of that biblical background, and, and and like you said, convict people and set them on that path for that walk with God and in truth. So uh, just really interesting to get your insight on that, and and just understand that overlap and and how it all potentially comes into play there with just these, this, what seem to, to be deceptive experiences that overlap with the psychedelic trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so one, one other thing that comes up uh, as it relates to your testimony and, and just in general, that's so fascinating to me is why certain people um, decide to go on this journey for truth. And um, it's really interesting how in your experience, you, you had a trip that over overlapped these different bound or these different, uh, uh, modalities in the new age and also uh, as it relates to mental health healing. And so a lot of that came down to you as, a, as your belief in the spiritual started to come to fruition, your own particular experiences, especially as it relates to your research in these different modalities and also just your experience with marijuana and just like the heightened sensitivity and, and awareness that you had from that. So my question for you is, why do you think it is that there are so many people in the secular community that turn away from the the incredible experiences and research that we have both on the christian side of things and also in the new age or occultic side of things uh because even like you were saying when you were on your your spiritual journey even seeing uh the miraculous uh experiences that people were having with bob larson and deliverance was so was so uh just instrumental for you to along your, your spiritual journey and reinforcing that there was something going on more mm -hmm. than just the physical that combined with everything else in your new age days. So why do you think it is that are, there are so many people that, that turn a blind eye to, to the research that we have as it relates to the spiritual. And why do you think it is that you, you personally uh, decided to go down this route with as someone that came from that secular background? 
Yeah, I think uh, for many people from the background I kind of grew up in and, and had, it's there's persecution when you leave the scientific secular. Even when I was entering the new age, I felt like I was being persecuted. I was kind of a weirdo for getting into it, for talking about it. I felt like I was on my own, having to chart my own journey and courage was required. So there is an element of, even though I was heavily deceived getting into deception, there is an element of I'm breaking out of the deception, you know, because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm becoming aware that there is a spiritual realm. I don't know everything about it, but other people don't want to go there. They want to just kind of go with the, the flow, go with kind of the communal mindset, the zeitgeist per se of what the group kind of consciousness is thinking. And as Satan is taking the world into this materialistic humanism perspective, people don't want to leave that because you're, you're seen as unintelligent. The ancients would worship the gods, the god of the ocean, because they didn't know that the ocean has tidal waves. And these waves come in because of the force of gravity that occurs every so often. And when there's a storm on the other side of the earth, it causes... So, oh, science explains everything that's spiritual. And being spiritual is being basically ancient human. And an ancient human is somebody who lacks reason, lacks logic, and thinks everything is mythology and supernatural and spiritual, when in fact it's not. Now, obviously, there's many cases where that is true, that ancient humans thought certain things were totally different from what they actually are. But there's other things that we are fully deceived on, and they had a lot more wisdom about. So that element of being seen as less intelligent intellectually is probably the biggest reason why people don't investigate spiritual and supernatural matters coming from a secular, humanistic worldview. So... When I broke out of that and got into the new age, I think for me, it was that desire for truth, that desire that the science, the scientific method has not explained everything yet and not caring what other, everyone else thought, not caring, you know, people might think I'm a weirdo for hypothesizing that this is the case or for thinking about more than just this lifetime. You know, there's clearly this lifetime is very temporary. Every old person says, wow, I felt like just yesterday I was your age, you know what I mean? When you're super young, it's something about time in this lifetime. So what is it? And I think it's sad because the evidence actually points to the reality of, of more outside of this physical realm. You know, even scientists say that the physical realm we live in, physical matter, visible light is a mere tiny fraction of the actual light and energy that exists in the universe. So why not explore that other 97, 98, 95%, whatever it might be and see what's out there, you know, be a truth seeker, be an explorer. So that's kind of, you know, the, the, and apologetics is great for that apologetics, staying up to date, how science is trying to explain the world and how it actually explains the Bible and being able to phrase and create the perspectives based on modern discoveries off of the false premise and putting it onto the biblical foundation using reason, using logic. Apologetics is a very powerful tool to strengthen a lot of people's faith, defend the faith, and actually win souls for Christ. So that's what I'd recommend for people who kind of want to help people who might be in the secular, materialistic worldview. Learn apologetics um, learn archaeological discoveries, learn these things that although everybody knows God and everybody will be, a, you know, take account for everything that they've done in the body here on earth on judgment day, and there will be nothing that, that they can basically plead ignorance of. Everybody in their heart knows God, but there are deceptions that Satan plants in the mind that can get removed through the use of apologetics that had come against the secular mindset to then open up the heart for the receiving it for the reception of the gospel of the reception of faith in Christ. Because in the end, people don't want to investigate these things because people like sin, people like pleasure and people enjoy rebelling against God. And there is a free will decision that it takes to submit your life to Christ, to die to self, to take up your cross daily and to live a holy, righteous life before God and to hold on to the hope of glory, of eternity with him and not give in to the worldly lusts, the pride of life, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and into the fleeting pleasures of sin. But many people still just want to live in the fleeting pleasures of sin. They want power. They want money. They want sex. They want all these things in this lifetime 
when they're going to get nothing in the lifetime to come. So in the end, I think it's that heart issue, that, that rebellion against God, that fleshly nature that will merely use these arguments as an excuse of why they don't believe when really they just don't want to repent of their sin and place their faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sin. Hmm. I want to give people an opportunity here in just a second to find out where they can contact you or, or get in touch with everything that it is that you're doing as it relates to exposing a new age and, and spreading the truth as is found in the word of God. Before we do that, I want to ask you one more question just as it relates to exposing new age in general. And, and that was a great point that you mentioned earlier that when you're involved in the new age, it's, it's where, you know, that you, that you call it that it's, it's more like many people identify more than ever. There's research showing is spiritual and not, and not religious. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting, you know, over the last few years, it does seem like in, in the body of Christ, there has, there's a movement now, perhaps more than there has ever been in, in Christianity to expose the, the quote new age. Uh, so my question for you is, do you think that we're, we're finally making some progress here as it relates to exposing this, this deception? And where do you think that we go here as a body? I think we're making a lot of progress. I think sadly though, uh, the new age is actually growing. The church is shrinking. Even statistics are showing. Um, if you're to look from a biblical worldview on how this might come about, if the new age truly does become the one world religion where tolerance is king, postmodernism, your truth isn't my truth, this whole thing blends into kind of the new age preaching love, compassion, and tolerance, then there will be no firm foundation of truth. And I believe that all this supernatural witchcraft type stuff on TikTok, on on youtube even where people are learning this stuff at a very young age is growing and i think we are starting to make a defense against it we're starting to make people aware of it and there's there's a you know an onslaught coming against these deceptions but unfortunately i do see it continuing to grow i do see the censorship of christians the censorship of the word of god the bible the persecution is clearly increasing um, the ostracization of Christians is clearly increasing and we're meant to prepare for that. We're meant to prepare for the end times, which are near. We're meant to prepare for the Lord's coming and we're meant to prepare for the great apostasy um, that is coming on the earth. So I, I, unfortunately, I think the new age is increasing, um, but I'm doing everything I can to make a decrease. And I'm seeing a lot of other people are as well. I'm seeing people get saved out of it at a, at a fast rate, but that could also be because I'm more in that now. I'm more seeing people come out of new age because that's kind of my ministry. That's kind of my approach. You know what I mean? So I don't want to take my lens and apply it to what the world truth could be when in reality, I see a lot of youth, very young age, falling into the new age quicker than I did. I teach internship here at Hungry Gen to some of the teen programs. And it's insane to see how many teens starting when they're 10, 11, start getting into tarot cards, start getting into crystal, start believing in this God is one and all this garbage about who Jesus is. That's not according to the Bible. And they latch onto it because they might have parents that they're rebelling against. Their church might be a dry church, hypocrisy. Then they view the whole church and they view all of Jesus as bad and they adopt these new age beliefs. But it's very sad to see. And I think we need to be more vigilant. I think people need to actually if you feel called, some people might not, you might have a different ministry, feel called to understand how Satan deceives people to break that through the truth of Christ, through the knowledge of Christ. Paul was debating with major philosophers, major Greek uh, uh, you know, leaders, spiritual thinkers of his time, debating them in town squares, debating them even privately. He had to know what they believed. He had to know what the Jews believed. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, so understandings to a certain amount is good when your faith is strong, when you know the word of God, but becoming aware of the truth is the most important to steer clear from this teaching strong biblical worldviews based on some of the modern scientific discoveries. Cause if you go through college and you start hearing, Oh, science proves this clearly evolution's real and Adam and Eve's not, and you never heard the other case for it, it might start chipping away at your faith. You know, it might start, Satan might, start planting those seeds in the mind. But if you've already grown up with a great upbringing, a great biblical worldview based in reason, based in 
history, based in, you know, science, based in, you know, the scriptures, the power of God, even the demonstration of the power. So it's not all human wisdom, like Paul said, then your faith is strong. And that's what's going to need to take, that's what's going to need to be necessary to withstand these deceptions, to withstand these attacks in the false signs and the false miracles that the Antichrist will be playing on mankind as well. So strong understanding of the word of God, deep understanding of scripture, anthropology, human history uh, will strengthen people's faith where they, they won't fall to it. And that's probably what I view as the most important. Wow. Well, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Everett. Uh, and I want to make sure that people have an opportunity, like I said, to find you online. Uh, I connected with you on Instagram and I know you have a Facebook as well. Like I always do, there'll be the links below wherever you're listening to this, whether you're on the podcast apps or on YouTube uh, to Everett's social media accounts. And uh, you have a phenomenal YouTube channel as well, where you uh, just in, in, in quick punchy clips really get to the nitty gritty of everything that we talked about today as it relates to new age and, and exposing that and, and, and more, and, uh, just some, some great longer form clips there as well with just some, I, I know speaking opportunities that you had and, uh, just so obvious to me that you're just how spirit led you are and, uh, just, just have a, a gift for ex exhortation and just, just really, really powerful stuff over there. So I can't recommend that enough going over to Everest YouTube channel, really excited to see what content you have in store here in the future. And I uh, just can't thank you enough again for taking the time to join us today and sharing your testimony, your wisdom and insights with us. This has been an absolute treat. So thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. It's a blessing to be here and uh, love what you're doing too. Praise thank God. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. That is it for the show this week, everybody. What a phenomenal episode. I love what Everett is doing. Like I said, there at the tail end of the interview, what a knowledgeable and uh, gifted and very wisdom-filled uh, person that he is and uh, just incredible what he's doing for the kingdom in, in such a short amount of time, you know, just coming to Christ uh, within the last couple of years uh, from what I understand. And just what, what an opportunity to have him on the show. As always, please share this with at least one person of whom you think would benefit uh, from the content of this interview. And thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, on the podcast apps or on YouTube, and for rating and reviewing us on the podcast apps. And uh, thank you so much for all of the encouraging comments that you've left uh, for me and uh, for the guests on this show on YouTube. I really, really appreciate that, and it's uh, really encouraging and comforting because sometimes you can, or at least I can feel like I'm just kind of doing this all alone in my room and, and secluded, so it's just so cool to see the impact that God is creating through this podcast and it's having on a, on a variety of different people. And I just want to share real quick too, I, I'm, I know many of you saw it on, on uh, either in the Facebook group or on YouTube that um, last week I actually lost my job as a result of doing this podcast. And so I, I, I share that not to gain uh, any sympathy from anybody or empathy uh, necessarily, uh, but if you, if you feel empathetic, I, I appreciate that. But first... Um, Obviously, just for prayer that God would guide and direct me into a better position where I can continue to glorify him with the gifts that he's given to me. And I know that he will do that. But I just really appreciate your prayer. Um, and secondly, just as a reminder to encourage other people out there that um, more so than ever, it certainly seems like here in the West that as Christians, we're going to be persecuted for spreading the truth, preaching the truth. And uh, never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect to lose my job for being a Christian, especially uh, when I just became a Christian three years ago, a, a true born-again Christian uh, who, who established a walk with God, spent so, many, so much of my life not identifying as a Christian, just very surreal for me. Uh, but I think it's so important that we never compromise, never, ever compromise, no matter what, what it takes, no matter what that means, uh, because I think that part of the reason why we are in the situation that we're in is because we have uh, a lot of people that maybe do compromise in, in, in the body or uh, because it really comes back to that apple in the beginning in the garden uh, because I think Satan can sometimes 
want want us to feel that comfort or give us that deception of like temporary comfort in order to when we compromise that's kind of what we're doing uh but it has a really bad long-term result as we can see just in our in our society and culture when we continue to give the enemy an inch he'll take another inch and another inch and pretty soon you know he's way down several miles down the road and he's been able to take so much uh battlefield territory so to speak because we have people that are compromising so i hope that my um just my quick testimony here can inspire other people in the body to never compromise no matter what it takes no matter what it means that you lose never compromise the truth because that's how we're going to continue to win more people's souls for the body of christ and for christ and more people are going to be able to spend the true life their eternal life with god and uh at the end of the day this really is just a temporary fleeting existence uh, even though it certainly has not been an enjoyable process losing my job i just I, I know that God has a plan. I know that he has a plan for each and every person uh, of whom is persecuted. As it states in Scripture, whoever is persecuted is, is going to be blessed for that. And, uh, and and to trust God in that, the creator of everything, he has your back. Um, so wanted to share that. And just, again, as always, I'm so grateful for everything that you do to support the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate all your support and just the prayers. And, again, the encouraging words that I've gotten on social media from people. And uh, just all you do to, to spread the, the truth. Um, I hope that you all have a fantastic week. As always, I will be praying for you. And I will see you next Thursday. Have a great, great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.